Kennard grabbed it. Morant, what a lead out to Clark, who streaks the left sideline, lays it up and in, gets fouled, and he'll get one more. John Morant doing a little Patrick Mahomes impersonation. Windows my whole career. I've talked to my brother more this year than I've talked to him since college, probably. And he's an incredible person. And it's, it's been truly a joy, probably one of my most enjoyable seasons, both as an Eagle and you know, as a brother. And I'm really, really happy for him. You know, it's been awesome to talk to him every week, laugh with him every week. And I look forward to doing that in the off season. Gonna be an awkward podcast for me, this next one, but can't win them all. I think the first thing I should say is I hate you both. Andy, you scored on every possession of the second half. What was the difference? Well, uh, I'll give the credit to the big old line and to Pat Mahomes and all those guys around him. Eric Bieniemy was phenomenal also. You just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. Did you guys see Jason Kelsey got asked what he told his brother Travis Kelsey after the game? And he said, um, congratulations, bleep you. Oh, there's <laughs> a brother, brotherly love from Philly. It's a good line. It's yeah. like the only line to deliver in that scenario if you are Jason Kelsey. Um, we are going to jump into some Raiders and Derek Carr because we had some news yesterday from Ian Rappaport. Derek Carr has informed the Raiders he won't accept a trade to the Saints or any other team. The team is expected to release him, and he'll be a top free agent. I know uh, Vinny Bonsignore, who's over on Red Nation Radio right now, he reported yesterday that the Saints wanted Derek Carr to restructure his contract, effectively uh-huh. take less money, and that's probably a big driving factor as to why he's not accepting a trade to the Saints. The Raiders and Saints had to agreed to a framework of a trade if Carr had been willing to waive his no trade clause. So, no. Did the Saints ask him that because of their own salary cap issues, or did the Saints ask him that because everyone's going to ask him that? I am guessing their own salary cap issues uh, were, into it. were the main reason. Now, maybe any team that was going to give up a, a pick to get him would also say, hey, can you can we Take restructure less. this? But I'm guessing for the Saints, who are currently $57 million over the cap, right. we're doing it because we can't do this unless you take a pay cut or restructure this somehow. So here's my question for Derek Carr. Does he believe he's going to make more money in free agency than he would make on his current contract? Yes. I think he believes that he will restructure in terms of getting a long-term deal and make more money over the over that contract. So right now, if he accepted a trade to the Saints or anybody else and kept his current contract in place, he would be guaranteed $40 million on Wednesday. Um, he'd be get 33 of that next seven, year and then, and then seven. seven of that the following season. Right. So he'd be guaranteed $40 million. For Carr to basically tell the Raiders, cut me, I want to be a free agent, Carr is effectively saying, I'm going to make more mm-hmm. than that on my next deal. And I think he's right. I think he's going to get more than $40 million guaranteed on his next deal. Now, possibly he gets less than $33 million next season, but I think he's going to get way more than $40 million fully guaranteed on his next deal. Problem with garbage, everybody wants to recycle it. <laughs> Can't they do a lot of that in the signing bonus? Yeah, for car, it yeah. if you're car, you don't care how they yeah. do it. Just if, if you're willing right. to give me $80, 90000000 guaranteed on a five-year deal... Yeah. I'm in. 
Uh, and that's what Derek Carr, I assume that's what Derek Carr thinks is going to happen. And here's a, here's a legitimate question. How much information do you think Carr got from the Saints about what his free agent market's going to be? He got to go down there, meet with I mean, the team. They wanted him to take a pay cut, obviously, but did he walk away from that thinking, oh, they teams are going to want to pay me? I think the Saints only gave them the information that they wanted to give them. I don't think they get, I don't think they said, "Hey, Carolina might give you this, or this is what your market value is." I mean, I mean, I would, if, I'd go. Carolina's going to give you nickels. If, yeah, if you wanted them to believe that, I just, I don't know. I think, I think they probably just dealt with their own their own issues, and that's why they asked them to take the pay cut. Do you think they really got into if you hit the open market, this is what you're going to be worth? Well, the reason I ask that is because why would Carr take this meeting with the Saints and then come back and say, "Nope, no trade." For any team, not just the Saints. I'm not going anywhere. Well, Unless, I wonder. I wonder how much cut they wanted him to take. Well, yeah, but it, the report is he's not accepting a trade anywhere. Right. So if if Carolina came in today and said we're going to trade for you and we're going to take your contract on as is, Carr's apparently saying no to that. So my question is, what happened? Carr took this meeting with the Saints, and maybe he had already made up his mind, but just wasn't telling anybody. But Carr took this meeting with the Saints under the premise that he might accept a trade to the right. Saints. And then he leaves the meeting, not only saying, nope, I'm not going to the Saints, but I'm not going to anybody in a trade. Which, to me, only makes sense if Carr believes he's going to make more in the open market. And something happened over the two days he was in New Orleans, plus the next day, because there's an extra day there as well. That well, they had dinner till 10.30, so... Well, yeah. But something happened in during that meeting or in the next day when he was gone that told him... You're going to get more than forty million dollars guaranteed. Is this just the agent guessing? Maybe uh, that might that might be what it is. Is just the agent saying, yeah, and maybe the agents talk to somebody. I don't know, but this is it. Might just be the agent saying, yeah, I think uh, Carolina or New York or Indy or whatever is going to give you more. We'll give you more, but it does seem like Carr learned something in the last three days to make him say not just no to the Saints, but no to anybody that tries to trade for him right now. Could the Saints have said, no, everybody's going to make you take a pay cut. Like, you're not going to get this. So he's like, okay, well, then I'm just going to wait for this to guarantee. <laughs> well, he's going to get cut, apparently. According to this, the Raiders are going to cut him, and he's not going to get that guarantee. Yeah, they're, they're going to waive him. Jared wasn't here last week when we talked about the pro football focus story of Geno Smith and Daniel Jones getting $100 million right. guaranteed each. Quarterbacks get paid. Carr is better than both of them. Hey, if, one of them won an award. <laughs> <laughs> if either one of them gets $100 million guaranteed, Carr is almost certainly getting $100 million guaranteed. He's better than both. And there's going to be a market for Derek Carr. He might have to wait for Aaron Rodgers to come out of the cave, but there's going to be a market for Carr. Yeah. Once Rod if Rodgers yeah. retires, stays in Green Bay, even if he goes to another team, there's still going to be three or four other NFL teams that need yeah. a quarterback. There's going to be a market for him. He's going to get more than $40 million guaranteed if he hits free agency, which at this point it appears as though he will hit free so agency. So you can pay Carr a ton of money and get about 70 to 80% of his production from a, just a seventh-round pick, but nope, we're just going to pay him. This... I, I don't understand the economics of this league anymore. They want a quarterback. But they're you're getting a quarterback. You're not getting You're getting a top 15 quarterback and you get the thing you get in the NFL with Derek Carr is 
quarterback certainty for four years, however long you sign up for. You're going to have a top 15 guy in the league for five years. I agree with you. Incredibly stupid. You're not winning a Super Bowl with that. It's not going to happen. But you're also not improving your team. But a lot. Well, because you're locking up a bunch of money. Where he goes, though. Carolina Panthers would be starting P.J. Walker right now. So we know about the Jets. The Bucs would be signing or starting Blaine Gabbard at the moment. That's their quarterback of. On the roster, he's right been now. sitting behind Brady for years. <laughs> he's finally ready. But that's you, the Chiefs' new backup. But you get the thing that NFL teams want from Carr is for four years you're going to have a top fifteen quarterback in the NFL, and they know for four years they're not going to have Zach Wilson as their quarterback. For four years they're not going to be. Should we sign Baker Mayfield to improve our quarterbacks? No, they're going to have a fine quarterback. They're not going to win the Super Bowl. I, and I agree with you. I think it's dumb to give a quarterback like Carr or Daniel Jones or Geno Smith $100 million guaranteed. But Well, can they win it if they do what the Rams did? And just put, yes. this, and just put this great team oh, around him. Is, yes. he that, is he that good? Do what the uh, old Ravens did, where you have a historical defense yes. and go, yes. Trent, yes. just don't throw the ball just to the other yeah, team. Just don't throw interceptions. He is on the same level as Matt Stafford. If you you can win a Super Bowl with Carr if the rest of your team is, is really good. Terrific. But you're locking up a bunch of money. Doing what Carr. doing what the Rams did is not damn near impossible. Right. right. Like it's it's very hard to do what the Rams did. And that's really your only path. But somebody's gonna do it, and especially if there's four or five teams that need a quarterback, they're somebody's gonna sign Derek Carr to a pretty big deal. He's not Derek Carr's not getting cut on Wednesday and then turning around and signing a one-year, $15 million no. deal. That's not happening. He's signing a five-year deal with $80, $90, million guaranteed with somebody. Again, he might have to wait for Rodgers. It might be a little while because all those teams are going to say, well, we want Aaron Rodgers yeah, over him. We're not going to sign you yet. You're not as good as Aaron Rodgers. And that guy still hasn't come out of his dark house. But we want the guy who wins MVPs, plural, not once received votes for MVP. <laughs> But there is going to be a market, which I know I've made this point a hundred times. Just keep him on the roster after February 15th. If you're the Raiders, keep him on the roster. And then trade him. And trade him after that. Because if Daniel Jones or Geno Smith signs a deal with $100 million guaranteed, if I'm an NFL team who needs a quarterback and I see... A hundred million guaranteed to Daniel Jones, or trade a second round pick for forty million guaranteed to Derek Carr. But with his no trade, would he decline that until it's ripped up and he has a new deal? If you're the Raiders, if I'm the Raiders, you're just on my team. Accept the trade, or you're you're not playing for my NFL team. You're a third string quarterback. But you're paying them. Uh, yeah, whatever. They're not winning the Wait, Super Bowl Wait, does it work like year. hockey? Can they put him on long-term IR? <laughs> no. Long-term IR, not a team guy. I don't think that happens. If you're the Raiders, you basically play a game of chicken with Derek Carr, and you say, we're not cutting you. You're on our roster, and the only way you're playing in the NFL next year is if you accept a trade to another team. Because Derek Carr with $40 million guaranteed is going to be a valuable trade piece when this offseason comes around and Daniel Jones and Geno Smith sign $100 million guaranteed deals. Mm-hmm. NFL teams are going to say, oh, we absolutely want Carr and $40 million guaranteed. And if I'm the Raiders, I can't lose that for nothing. That's a valuable asset that I can have. And I play a game of chicken with Carr and say, the only way you're playing in the NFL is if you accept the trade we bring to you. Otherwise, 
You're our third string quarterback. And we'll pay you. Yeah. yeah, we'll pay you. But because the other part, I know McDaniels or Mark Davis don't want to do this, but you're not winning the Super Bowl next year. Let's calm down. You don't need the the, the cap space that Carr would free up. It's like $29 million. Who cares? What are you going to do with that? Sign another Chandler Jones? Congratulations. We're just stopping you from making that mistake again. Right? Just play the game and say, Carr, if you want to play in the NFL next year, you got to accept a trade. And if he wants to ret- sit out and say, all right, showing up for OTAs, backing up Jarrett Stidham, go for it. But I'm but I'm not cutting him for nothing. He's a quarterback. They get traded. I know it was Carson his, Wentz got traded for I something. I know it was his right. Baker Mayfield. But was just this was this him in his own mind saying, I'm just gonna stick it to you? I think that, I know it was his right as the no trade. Yeah, That's oh, his yeah. right. He 100%. can do what he wants. I think the fact that the the Rappaport report was he won't accept a trade to the Saints or, or any other team any other team is him sticking it to the Raiders. Because I understand him saying, Well, I'm not gonna accept a trade to the Saints because they need I'm not to gonna take put my number cut. down lower. But if the Carolina Panthers called today and said, We'll trade for Carr and we'll give him a new deal, guarantee him $95 million. Carr's not accepting that, according to this report. And if that's the case, he's doing it just to stick it to the Raiders. Right. 100%. Now, the Panthers probably aren't calling and offering up $95 million guaranteed today. But according to this report, if they did, Carr would say no. And if he says no to that, it's because he's going to stick it to the Raiders. I, I just have a philosophy question. How is it the teams are going? I need to give Daniel Jones and Geno Smith a hundred million guaranteed, and no one is looking at the 49ers and going, So wait, if I make every other position on the team good, I can put the seventh round guy. All right, guys, we need to tear down our locker room. Basically, we're gonna have the best defensive line, all the pos- skill position players, and anyone can play quarterback. Because most teams' goal is to win nine games. Most teams, actually, I should even rephrase that differently. Most teams' goal is to not be bad. The Carolina Panthers' goal next year is to not suck. Same with the Saints, same with the Bucks, same with the Colts. Probably the Jets maybe have a little bit higher expectation. But all of these teams, their goal is not to win the Super Bowl next year. Their goal is to be competitive. And the to build like the 49ers is really hard to do. And so there's the Rams did right. It's really hard to build a team. That's that good at every other position. And in their minds, give us Derek Carr. We'll be competent in a lot of places. We're winning seven games at least. And if things eight, go right, and one. we might yeah. get to nine and eight. And honestly, in the NFC South, I could win the division. That's the other key <laughs> yeah. here is like the team's interested in Carr could win their division next year with nine wins. And him as the quarterback. Yes. Whereas like, for example, the Raiders, they're not winning the division next no. year, nine and eight. They might not even be second at nine and eight. They might not even be third at nine and <laughs> eight next year. Sean Payton <laughs> figures it out. So that's the other key difference for Panthers, Saints, Bucks, and the Colts. I mean, the Jags exist, but it's not like we think the Jags are going fourteen and right. three next year. So that's a they're they're the playing Jags, a different reality. The Jack the Jags are the also ran of the NFL. Yeah. All right, coming up next here on ESPN Las Vegas, it's Bischoff's briefs. All right, Ed, the biggest story of the sports weekend is here in Bischoff's briefs. The Dodgers were accused of cheating during the 2018 World Series. Hey, what bum's doing this? <laughs> All right, so Evan Drellich, he wrote a book that's going to come out uh, that is largely about the 2017 Astros cheating. 
But apparently that book is going to cover the entire sign-stealing era, if you want to call it right. that. Ooh, Apple um, Watches. We know uh, the 2015 Yankees got caught by Major League Baseball using the replay room to steal signs. We know the 2017 Astros. We know the 2018 Red Sox using Apple Watches. Those are the three like confirmed Major League Baseball investigated and said they were guilty of stealing signs. A lot of other teams have been accused of it, right? The Colorado Rockies were accused of stealing signs. They were using a massage gun and banging it on their bench. They went to the playoffs that year. <laughs> okay, because I was like just their, like... I think it's their one playoff appearance in like the last decade. I, uh, maybe we should let them cheat. <laughs> uh, and I think it was the 2018 playoffs. The Brewers and Dodgers both accused each other of stealing, signs, stealing signs during that series. But... From this book, uh, this is an excerpt that has been published ahead of the book being released. This is a quote from a member of the 2018 Boston Red Sox. Who Won't again, give his name? Won the World Series. Did not give yeah, the name. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if the name will be given once the book is out or yeah. if it's completely anonymous. Um, but this is the quote. The Dodgers have always been the thing that bothers me the most because they're the biggest cheaters in the whole bleeping industry. They were doing it against us in the 2018 World Series. They got caught by Major League Baseball, and Major League Baseball did nothing. Also a part of that excerpt um, was this player overheard Jock Peterson, who was a Dodger, in the replay room asking Chase Utley if he had gotten the signs yet. I want to know who this player is. <laughs> got a lot to say without using your name. So... To me, the actual, the interesting part there wasn't so much that somebody accused the Dodgers of cheating. To me, the bigger accusation was that Major League Baseball caught the Dodgers doing it and did nothing about According it. According to this person. Right, exactly. But of, of the accusations, I think that's the more damning one. Because, sure, team cheated, steal signs. We've got evidence that multiple teams have done that and gotten caught and punished. But Major League Baseball, he says, caught the Dodgers and did nothing about it. I don't know if I believe it. Bunch of cheaters over there, Ed. I don't know if I believe it. You know, a completely different story here. But if you remember, when Major League Baseball is like, we got to cut down on the whole spider tack. Pitchers are too good now. The team that had the biggest drop in spin rate was the Dodgers. They went from best spin rate in the history of the sport to average MLB team once they cut down on spider tack. Look at the degenerate laughing over here. Just saying. Danny isn't here. He should be laughing Danny's at laughing. the Dodgers. Should be laughing. Because um, it will be very funny to me if the Dodgers lost two World Series while illegally stealing signs. I will thoroughly enjoy that if that of ever comes out. Oh, of course be, you will. Of course you will. That'll be one of the funniest It'll things be interesting I've ever seen. to me if this guy actually comes out and says who he is. Yeah, we'll see. So how big of a homer am I being right now as an Astros <laughs> fan just yelling about other teams cheating? Uh, huge, but understandable. Because It's understandable. My honest, honest belief here. Is it everyone cheats? Maybe not everyone, but I, I think if we got the honest truth out of Major League Baseball from the 2015 to the 2019 seasons, and probably before that too, we would find that more than half, if not all of the teams in Major League Baseball were, stealing signs? were using the replay room to steal signs. Why I, wouldn't you? Exactly, Because that that's part of the point here, is they put these things right next to the clubhouse with basically no oversight right like right. there were sometimes clubhouse attendants but they never did anything there was a clubhouse attendant when the astros were stealing signs they weren't they didn't do anything 
basically they put the replay room right next to the dugout. You could just walk in there during the game because the whole point was you can walk in there and watch a replay of your at bat and figure out, oh, that's why I struck out or oh, that's why he got a hit off of me. And but now is there only one replay room? No, there's one for each dugout. So how did the Red Sox guy hear Jock Peterson? I believe that happened before a game. Okay. It Based had on to the have. right, it had I believe that was on the other side of the right. field. I don't believe a Red Sox was over in the Dodgers well, dugout. Again, we don't know who this person is. <laughs> hey, we every about once or twice a season there's a foul ball where a guy goes diving into the other team's dugout <laughs> and happens to just scoot and, down and to right the when he's room. happening it, the guy's going, Did you get the replay? <laughs> And here's the here's where I am absolutely a homer. The reason the Astros got in trouble is because they had a player tell on them. There's only been one team this entire time that had a former player come out and said, we, we cheated. cheated, we stole signs, right. whatever. All these other allegations have just have been opponents, right? It's a Red Sox saying it about the Dodgers. It was... A Dodger uh, saying it about the Red Sox. Right. It was the, the Red Sox saying it about the Yankees. And then the Yankees two years saying it about later. the Red Sox. Yes. And it was the Brewers saying it about the Dodgers and the Dodgers being like, wait a minute, you guys are doing, doing the same thing. Right. right. So it's always been an opponent. The only team to ever have a p- former actual player on that team. Which makes say, you furious. We cheated was the Astros and it was Mike Fires. Which yeah, makes you furious. Who uh, doesn't pitch in Major League Baseball anymore because he kind of got blackballed out of the league because all the teams have been cheating. And they said, well, we don't want to sign the guy who told on. Right his former team. Cause guess what? We're still cheating. and He's going to tell on us in three years. It's going to happen. So I know I'm a Homer, but I do believe most people were cheating at the time. Stealing signs. Were they, I will say this, were they taking it as far as banging on a trash can on conceivably every pitch? Probably not, but were they doing it on 25 or 50 so, or 75% of the pitches? Probably. What he's saying is the Astros were the best. At yeah, oh, yes. Yes. Well, here's the thing. They, it was stupid. They were banging on a trash can. Multiple pitchers during 2017 heard the trash can and said, what the hell is that? I it was it was bad cheating. Did they play the Marlins? I don't know how like that didn't get picked up by the television camera and how empty that stadium is. <laughs> well, no, well, they didn't they didn't exactly do it on the road as well. Like they did do it on the road some apparently, but it wasn't a foolproof plan to do it on the road. It was mainly home games. So, all right. Congratulations, Astros fans, for covering that up. That's right. They couldn't <laughs> show up it for day baseball. <laughs> so, yes, I know I'm a homer. I also believe most teams were cheating and probably the Dodgers. So, who do we catch next? Because I, mean, I, I really hope that it's like the Mariners or somebody that you're like, really? No, the other key here, Jared, is it only matters if you win. Yeah, I was oh, going to say it's the losing teams. Nobody cares right. about it only matters if you win. So the Braves or the 2022 Astros. The, 20, the, only the Well, the, they find out the 2016 uh, Cubs did it. Yeah. All right. Everyone's going to go. Yeah, that was fine. Coming up next here on ESPN Las Vegas, Justin Hudson joins the show. 38-33. Keyshawn Gilbert quickly the other way. And Keyshawn trying to go to the basket, just lost the ball. Now Colomario able to run down the lane for a dunk. And Keyshawn Gilbert... Just absolutely lost the basketball, and that turns into a dunk the other way, 40-33. to 33. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Still a few weeks away, but the Mountain West Tournament is back in Las Vegas. We're going to have some tickets to give away in just a few minutes. Joining us now, the head coach of the Fresno State Bulldogs, Justin Hudson. Good morning, Justin. Hey, Justin, what's up, man? 
How are you guys? We are good. good. Um, so I, I got a question for you. You have the Super Bowl on Sunday. Do you specifically plan practices or meetings around the Super Bowl on Super Bowl Sunday? Absolutely. You don't want to. You don't want the guys to <laughs> to miss the Super Bowl because they're in practice. <laughs> they're gonna look at you funny. So we went early and gave them some time to get home and watch the Super Bowl. Are there any other events like, like the World Cup was uh, this winter? Are there any other events that you would like? plan practice around so that your guys can go watch something or do something that maybe normally they'd have practice during that time? You know, I can't think of anything about it, but of course there is, you know, if there's something big going on, you, you know, part of being that, I mean, you're the leader, you gotta, you gotta make good decisions. You can't, you know, you can't have guys not be able to go do, there's enough sacrifice going on for those six months anyway, that you got to show, you know, some humanistic side of you and say, okay, Let's, let's get in and get out so you can get home and have your day and watch the Super Bowl. Justin, uh, we've heard uh, numbers in this league, you know, uh, about bids and what's going to happen with this league. Compare this league to others in terms of uh, how good it is this year. I mean, uh, better than you've seen, or uh, is the four and five things kind of a reach? Uh, no, I don't think four and five is a reach. I think it's it's been that way for the last few years. You know, I think it's been deeper, you know, top to bottom. I don't think there's any easy games. I think that that hasn't always been the case, you know. And, you know, there's some good programs, some good programs, some good coaches, good administrations, and you know, it's a tough conference, and it always has been. But I think, you know, there's been a few years where we've had four or five, and I think this is one of them. Justin Hudson with us, head coach of Fresno State. You have been in this conference as a head coach or an assistant coach for quite a while. What's the most difficult thing? What makes the Mountain West a a hard conference to play in? I mean, all conferences are hard. You know, that's coaches speak, you know, because you're supposed to be, you know, equitable in what you're doing. And, you know, I think you add in the travel, the tradition, the fan bases, you know, obviously the coaches come and go. They they change and players come and go. You know, but when when you add in the travel and the and the traditions and the fan bases, you know, and and moving it around that way, it it's tough. It's really tough. And it, it's it's a great league. It's a fun league. I've been in I think seventeen years now, and I actually I'm, I'm very biased towards the Mountain West. I love the Mountain West. I know how tough it is to win here. I know if you play well here, you make the tournament, and you know I'm I'm just blessed to be in it. You guys had two really good offensive games against UNLV and swept the series against UNLV, and and I'm curious if you could uh, help me out a little bit because UNLV started the year one of the last like ten unbeaten teams that and their defense was excellent, and then they got into conference play and their defense uh, struggled quite a bit. They've had some good games, but they haven't been nearly the same consistency and I'm curious from a coach's perspective like is is it really just as simple as yeah once you get into conference play teams scout you better so it's going to be a lot harder to be successful and actually win games is that is that as simple as it is and why UNLV could go from so great defensively to maybe average defensively once they got into Mountain West play man what a great question (laughs) I mean yeah I mean I would say that when you get in the conference, offensively, defensively, everything, people are going to scout you. You know, you're going to spend more time at it. You know, it. You know, I don't. Th- I think people scout in the preseason also. You know, it's not that they don't do that either. And it's just also a, 
another testament to how tough our conference is. Justin, we like uh, Tyler said, we've seen you both against UNLV um, and winning those games. Talk about your team, how you're trying to make a, a move up to standings, and what's happening with you guys right now. I'm enjoying my team. You know, I got some good guys. And, uh, you know, we didn't play well early for a whole host of reasons. You know, if I want to sound, if I want to do my Steve Fisher voice, a whole host of reasons, that's what he would say, <laughs> uh, is, is why we didn't play good early. And now we're trying to say, hey, you can't whine about what we didn't do well, what happened to us, you know, some of our bad breaks, some of our breaks that we made on ourselves is we're just trying to get better. You know, I don't look at the standings too much when I'm out of them. That's just me. You know, I've been in it so long, you know, when I'm out of it, I can't stand to look at it. You know, it's not going to do me any good. I'm going to prepare the same anyway when I come to practice, and so are the guys. You know, I happened to see him last week and understand that we can try to make a run, but I know how hard that would be. So we just kind of focus in on day-to-day on getting better. Uh, you guys, I believe, have uh, sort of your uh, the half bye week that uh, one Mountain West team gets every weekend or, or weekday. You guys have one the very last weekend of the season, and you're playing Chicago State. Uh, what was your thought process behind scheduling a non-conference opponent for that very last weekend? <laughs> we didn't have enough games, man. So, I mean, we couldn't do some of the stuff early. And I, the reasons why, I'll keep to myself. But, you know, we just didn't have enough. We were scrambling. And, you know, I know a lot of people were scrambling this year, but, you know, some of it was our own doing. And uh, <clears throat> so we decided I didn't necessarily want to play a game at the end of the year, but, I mean, it is what it is. We got it, and we'll be ready for it. You won't give the reasons, but is it harder uh, to get home and homes with Power Fives? San Diego State and UNLV have a chance. You know, I think everyone, everybody else in our conference here, which is upon a star if you're going to get home and homes right. with Power Fives. But it doesn't mean we don't try, you know. But, it, you know, I'm on the Mountain West Scheduling Committee. I mean, you got to schedule for success is the bottom line. Mm-hmm. And it's not that hard. You know, I've been in this conference a long time. It's not that hard to do. But we haven't we haven't uh, been able to do that. Well, he is Justin Hudson, the head coach of the Fresno State Bulldogs. Again, the Mountain West Tournament coming in a couple weeks, and we'll give some tickets away here in a second. Justin, we appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining Thanks, us this Justin. morning. Thanks for having me. So there is Justin Hudson from Fresno State. So it's it's one of the you know more bizarre things to have where you don't have you or you do have a non conference game. That right. The very last game of the regular season is a home game against Chicago State, who is not a Mountain West team right. for anybody that's not paying attention. And they go and into Chicago's not a state. And they go into <laughs> the Mountain West tournament. They'll have played Chicago State as their last game. I genuinely, I thought it was like a hey, you know, we don't want that by game, that by half week, whatever you want to call it. We want to play going into the Mountain West tournament. I didn't actually know it was a case of oh they maybe couldn't find a game to schedule earlier in the year that they apparently had a tougher time getting just games period earlier in the year. And they just had to put a game, get an extra game in somewhere. And it happened to be Chicago state on March 4th. Um, So that'll be interesting because I correct me if I'm wrong, Chicago state, I believe they're one of the independents in college basketball. Uh, I got it. I got Ah. it right here. They are. It's Chicago state and Hartford are independent. The two independent uh, <laughs> so they basically found an independent team and said, yeah, we'll come play you uh, final game of the season. He makes a good point, though. 
Who are the two teams that can get Power Five home and homes? Yep. And why aren't uh, some people doing it more? Yeah. Why didn't one of them do it this year? Yeah. yeah. The, the comparison there of San they Diego State those. and UNLV. UNLV's non-conference schedule, strength of schedule, two fifty-one this season. Uh, San Diego State's twenty-one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, should never be the discrepancy between those two. Yeah. Should never be that. That's a because, mountain. Yeah. yeah. Because again, he's right. Those two teams are the only ones who can get home and homes really from Power Fives. No one wants to go to Laramie. Yeah, you know, no one wants to the Air Force. I don't think this. You know, I don't think anyone wants to go to Fresno, as he said. You know, because there's no, you know, for Power Five, there's no juice there because if you lose, you get ripped, and if you win, you're supposed to win. Right, especially with the quad systems. Yeah. If if you play, I, I'd have to look at what Fresno State is exactly, but I'm guessing if you played on the road at Fresno State. That's a quad three game, mm-hmm. right? So if you win that, nobody cares. Nobody cares. And if you lose that, it's a quad three loss, yeah. and that's on your resume, and that's a bad thing. So even UNLV this year, if you play at, I think if you play at UNLV, it's a quad. Is it? I think two. Might, I think it's two. Now, if you're at UNLV, yeah, it's still two. It should still be two. But and if you lose that, that's not terrible, but it's still not really a great opportunity to improve your resume by winning at UNLV right now. And Fresno State's going to be worse. And here's the other, I think, key here is recruiting. Like, why would you go play at UNLV, regardless of how good UNLV is? Right. Oh, we're in Las Vegas. There's, right. We can recruit. There are kids here we right. want to recruit. Exactly. Does Fresno, does Laramie, does Logan does... have those kids? No. No. So, I mean, Fresno might be closer to some is kids because weird? they're in California, but they just, no, it's not realistic. I always associate Fresno with neck tattoos. You do have uh, every time we bring up Fresno, you do bring up the neck tattoos. It's I somehow I met like six people from Fresno, and I went, "Is there like a free like with your graduation from high school there? Like, and get make sure to go get your tattoo." Instead of class rings, they do neck yeah. Tattoos. I guess <laughs> I do size wanna, them up. Come and get your size. Hopefully, we will be having more Mountain West coaches on, and I'd like to. On show or on air show plan? Can we ask them all? Like, so give us your worst Laramie story. Was it getting your bus tipped over in the snow? Like, give us. Was it going to the one restaurant in town and it being closed? <laughs> the degenerate just came back from there. Oh boy! All right, with his one pair of tennis shoes on. All right, we got tickets to <laughs> give away free to the Mountain West tournament. So here's how this is going to work: You're going to win a pair of tickets to a session for the Mountain West tournament but you're also going to be qualified for two vip all session tickets that includes food and drinks and parking so you win you win two tickets no matter what to a session of the mountain west tournament but you're also entered to potentially win this vip package uh we'll do caller 8-702-364-1100 that's the phone number you'll win some mountain west basketball tournament tickets and be entered to win a vip package caller 8 at 702-364-1100 what does the moment mean to you andy it means a lot i could kiss you right now but i'm not gonna do that (laughs) he's the the best coach i've ever had about how he connects with players from everywhere. And no matter where you're from, he can connect with you. And he, he, you can tell he cares about you um, as a man as much as he does about a player. And so if there's something that's going on in your life, he's going to ask you about it. He's not going to worry about how you're practicing or hey, he needs you to be better here and here. He's going to ask you what's going on. He's going to get that info from you. And he's going he's to do whatever he can to help. You're locked in the press box. Before we get to Jared's story about getting stiff-armed, Ed, did you get gas over the weekend? 
Yeah, here's the thing. <laughs> the panic of this town. Uh, over was by there the a gas shortage? Oh, Jared doesn't even know. Continue. We'll, we'll over get, we'll over tell by you, the Jared. house. Yeah. Over by the house. Uh, was going somewhere else. I'm like, you know what? I, I'm going to get it. I'm going to see if there's a line. Wrote, went right up. First tank. <laughs> filled it up. Done. All right. No waiting in line for no. you. No. So, no. Uh, Jared, there was about a 12-hour state of emergency declared. Chaos. Um, because some pipe that brings us fuel had a leak in it. And everybody became panicked about oh, it. Oh, chaotic. But, but like, not like natural gas, like actual gas gas? Like gasoline? For your car, yep. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so there was a... Deep water horizon. There was a panic about Las Vegas might not have gas. Enough gas. And like I, I got like text message from my fiance's mother who's like, this is from a friend. Make sure you go get gas. Tell all your loved ones. We might not have gas for a week. And uh, Lombard, Governor Lombardo had declared a state of emergency. And then the very next day, the leak was fixed. But the wait and the fights <laughs> and the pushing and the nonsense and the chaos, a lot of it was uh, the Costco gas. I had, like, a, I had a friend who said he tried to go to Costco to go to the store and couldn't get to the Because of the gas lot. lines. Because everybody was in line to get gas. Yeah. It was chaos. I genuinely, like, I have a Costco membership, and I have multiple times been like, oh, I need gas, and then looked at, like, the normal lines and gone, eh, it's not worth the 70 right. cents. Right. Like, I'll, I'll just eat, I'll just eat so that I'm not sitting there in my car going... Oh God, she she parked on the wrong side and now is trying to get this cord to go over her Jeep. <laughs> Jesus. I uh I had somebody who said they waited in line for twenty minutes to get gas and then got up to the pump and didn't have their wallet. <laughs> That's a tough one. <laughs> That's a so, tough one. Yes, you missed it, Jared. There was a panic about across gas. the town about gas. And I the just... governor's immediately sprung into action and went, it's a state of emergency! Yes, yes. And then the next day, everything was fine. Did you get gas? I did not. Nope. We got that message from fiance's mother, like, uh-oh, there might not be gas for six weeks, or six days, whatever the hell it was. Uh, Brandy got in the car, she went and got gas, and I was like, we have any trouble? We uh, No, I think she had right. no problem. Yeah. And, but I was like, yeah, we get these messages like three or four times a year from your mom. And it's like, I'm pretty sure this is just a Facebook hoax. It I wasn't mean, a hoax. It was real. I was at about a quarter tank, and I probably thought, <laughs> let me just fill this You're baby You're the problem, Ed. You're let part me, of the problem. Let me fill this baby up. And I did that. But there was absolutely no weight at my gas station. None. The only <laughs> reason there was a gas shortage is because people ran to get gas when they didn't need to. <laughs> just like I the mean, damn toilet paper. There was never going to be Remember a toilet that? paper shortage, but everybody hoarded toilet paper. Oh, man. There's currently, there's got to be some guy who like collected hand sanitizer and toilet paper like it was Beanie Babies yeah. and is now just like, I've got like six storage units. Yes. yes. What have I done with my life? Yep. Never's got to worry about running out of toilet paper, though. So yeah, you missed a you missed a shortage. All right. I don't know if I left you enough time. What, no, you left me plenty who, of time. Who, who sti- I don't even know who stiff armed you. So I, I got, I was, I did not do as well. I did not do enough guest booking for the show in order to make up for a broken table. 
this year. Um, but I got a lot of high-profile no's, and uh, one of them was uh, Coach of the Year. Uh, Ron Rivera was over. I spotted him. I obviously recognize, like, can recognize him. He was walking, and I go, I'm going to go see if he has time to come on in Las Vegas. We're going to be the host next year. Hey, he could be playing in that game. You know, I, I, I got some sales pitches. I walk over, and this PR guy just full-on, like, stiff arms me and goes, he's very busy right now. And I was just like, did you think I was attacking him? He's jacked. He's like 60 years old <laughs> and in, built like a yield sign. You're taking this way too aggressively. And you just let him take a selfie with that guy. All right. First off, built like a yield sign is a great line. Um, did you say anything to the PR person or was, was the initial? I said, no, because the, he he kind of came up as I went, hey, coach, wanted to know if you. And then they like. Did Revere even look at you? He looked confused as to what just <laughs> happened and then continued to the set of Fox. <laughs> And I, busy, Jared. and I was just like, this is, this isn't good. I will say the one thing that I did that I, I, I hope went well is I got uh, Jason Wright, the president of the Washington Commanders. Well, Q got him to actually come on the air with Raider Nation Radio, our sister station. But I was the one who went, huh, he's on TV. And then I put my hand up and went, he's on TV live right over there. Let's go get him. Is it getting harder and harder to get guests? It's I, You have to genuinely know who they are by their face from a sport where they wear helmets and their names on right. the back of them. They're not walking around with their, hel- like, right. with their right. helmets and their names on the back. They should do that. So you will see somebody that you're like, I know that face. I know that face. Why do I know that like face? Like a Jared who Stidham who was there. Right. R-A- Stidham was at Radio Row? Yeah. Uh, the... Fox Five guys did a feature because he watched how they um, how they uh, uh, put a football together and like constructed a football. I mean, from the very from the very beginning, he thought it was really cool. He goes, "You know what? I hold these and I play with them, but I've never really seen them made." <laughs> like Brian Dawkins, I could go. That's Brian Dawkins. Right. Like there are certain people. Oh, that's that guy. I know him. And then there's other times like, I know that's someone important. You got AJ Cole. Yeah, we finally had A.J. Cole on this network. <laughs> the punter. He and talked to Cofield? He talked to Adam Hill, and yeah, I yes, he talked to Cofield and Adam Hill for like 25 minutes. And then asked me afterwards, is there anything else you want to do? And I'm just like, yeah, let's do a weekly segment where you just review YouTube videos. I don't care. But I, I didn't listen to Cofield's interview with them. You said they talked about slap fighting. That's what I, every time I walked by, it was, well, you know, Max would do really well. And that sort of, <laughs> like, I'm just like, this is the kind of stuff that I want to do yes. with AJ Cole. He seems like the exact guy on the team that you would ask slap fighting questions about. Yes. We don't know. We don't care about like the Raiders. What we want to talk right. to you about is Master Chef. Do you got any takes? <laughs> it, I mean, yeah, I got AJ Cole. Special teams slap fighting. Who wins? You or your long snapper without thumbs?